y'all know the drill. Rebs, dogs. Every eyeball in the state of Mississippi is on this one this weekend. Do not kid yourself. They will either be streaming it or watching it on TV or in the ballpark. As uh, it doesn't matter what the records are, Bianco, Lamonas, Maroon and White, Red and Blue, uh, it is game on tonight as uh, the seam heads will be dialed in uh, both tonight and throughout the weekend. Here's what's interesting with the, with the shakeup in the rotation from Lamonas. And, you know, Sinjay's struggled a little bit as of late, which, I mean, he's a true freshman. He shouldn't have to be going through this, but that's on the staff's fault for missing on 15 pitchers the last two cycles. But here's the deal. You got two freshmen going at each other on Sunday, probably for the series. And that is something to keep an eye on. Also, Quinn coming off his best outing. I watched every pitch of that game. Dude... Had some really good stuff against Arkansas. It was not his fault that Ole Miss lost that game to Arkansas. J.T. Quinn pitched really, really well against Arkansas. All right. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, brought to you by Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. We welcome in Steve Robertson, 247 Sports, Gene's Page. And the Boneyard Podcast. Steve joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. All right, Steve, I know you're not surprised, but what do you make of the shakeup in the starting rotation for Lamonis? Well, I tell you, I really like Gartman on Saturday, considering how massive that crowd's going to be. You're trotting a true freshman out there. It's going to be a big crowd on Sunday, too. But but considering you're about to set an NCAA record for an on-campus attendance and have a, a true freshman out there, I would really question the wisdom of that. It's going to be an electric atmosphere. It's going to be a lot of pressure in that ball game. So I like the move there. Um, you know, Guard's a guy, we, we've discussed this ad nauseum. You know, he's a two-times-through-the-order type guy unless you have a lot of separation in the ball game. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. But uh, I do like the move there, and I think it takes a lot of pressure off uh, Gerangelo and gives him an extra day of rest. And I, really, I think the whole issue with him is, is just acclimating into the SEC. I mean, it's a different animal. It is a different animal. Uh, Steve, I grew up, like you, watching Mississippi State baseball, and I went to the overwhelming majority of the home games as a kid. And then as a student, I couldn't get enough. Um, and so I, 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 was, I was witness of many Mississippi State baseball teams underachieving in the postseason. I never thought, you know, never really landed why until John Cohen talked about the pressure on actually Mississippi State to play at home. Now, some people are going to eye-roll this, and that's fine. But you've got a young group. Ole Miss has a more veteran-laden team. Mississippi State has a much more younger lineup. And you're going to have – they haven't – they've been in front of some nice crowds this year, but nothing like this. How do you think this young team, even though they're at home, handles a packed crowd? Uh, could that play against MSU, like Cohen referenced with us the last – eight or nine years on the show when he would come on? Well, I'd rather have that many people cheering for me than against me. You know? Fair enough. Uh, but, yeah, there's a lot of pressure. It, you know, when State and Ole Miss get together in baseball, because these two teams are, are generally always playing for something. I mean, this year is really the outlier. It's almost like a super regional atmosphere. It, I mean, it is. Every 
single pitch matters. And when you get that big hit, you feel like the ground is going to open you up and swallow you whole. I mean, it's absolutely incredible the noise that's generated in that stadium. And uh, there's a lot of guys out there that, uh, you know, in high school they may have played in front of 100 people, and you, you, you're going to get close to 20,000 uh, this weekend. And so it's going to take you know, some mental fortitude for whoever wins this series. And, uh, I, you know, when you've got these two teams uh, that are obviously very talented, these programs are obviously elite, and you're having a bad year like this, the pressure, I think, is even greater because whoever loses the series is really going to be scuffling down the stretch. And so uh, I, when you've got two teams that are even, I think you take the home team. But the reality of it is is that um, any mistake that happens in this ball game is going to be magnified by that crowd. And, and if you're Mississippi State, you've got to be the team that makes the last number of mistakes. Uh, let's. i got to switch gears real quick. Arnett just dropped a tweet. Are you about to break a commitment? Well, we've, well, yeah, we're we're expecting one, and uh, we've been talking about it, you know, for a day or two, kind of behind the scenes. And it's one of those deals too, where they're starting to build a little juice. They hadn't really pushed for a lot of uh, commitments at this point. Yeah, but I know with the new coaching staff, they wanted to get some in-person evaluations of some guys, uh, and so there hasn't been a lot. But there are, you know, probably maybe eight or nine guys right now. If they called the commit, they would take right right now. And uh, there's a couple guys that uh, we, we believe are really close. And so we do think uh, Maroon Friday will, will be pretty interesting on the football front. We had Arnett yesterday. Uh, he kind of previewed you in a Maroon White game. And that, I think the best comments he made were off the record afterwards, not related to recruiting. But, you know, Zach is a guy that uh, is really more of one of the guys, if you know what I'm saying. Like he, Sure. We're sitting there yesterday after everybody leaves, and he's like, hey, well, what's, uh, you know, what should I expect for baseball and – you know, my wife and kids and I are coming to the game. I can't wait for this atmosphere. And he wants to know what's going on in basketball recruiting. You know, will Chris Jans uh, be real active in the portal? And this is a guy that uh, is not so self-absorbed that he doesn't understand what happens around him. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. He loves Starkville, Mississippi. And it's interesting. I had a conversation with a friend last night. It's like you hear all these people say, oh, they don't want to go to Starkville. And you meet a guy like Zach Arnett. But absolutely love the fact that he can uh, raise a family here. And he is very grateful to Mississippi State for the opportunities that have been afforded to him. And uh, every move he's made so far has come up aces. And uh, there is some, I guess, some anxiety about recruiting right now. And I, I think people need to just relax a little bit. The state is absolutely flush with the SEC prospects this year. State and Ole Miss both will do really well. And I think it's going to be a very interesting year. Uh, for recruiting coverage in the state because there is so much talent this year. And you've seen some of the uh, top players in the state already commit to out-of-state programs. And I do expect a couple of those to probably change between now and December. Okay. So Zach Arnett just uh, dropped the, I guess, commitment tweet. And Steve knows what it is. But as he said, he's going to let the players have their moment. Um, the kids have their moment and then go from there. I guess it'll be on Gene's page um, shortly after all that happens. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Steve joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Yeah, that whole Starville thing, that, that, that thing's played out. I mean, you, you got people coming in from all over the country taking jobs as VPs and deans and Ben Hallen and Chris Lamonis and – and many, many others. And, I mean, Steve, I was I was at Commodore Bob's last night. It was packed. I was at the new wine bar, uh, Luva, last night. It was packed. 
$10 billion in economic development the last 15 years with Joe Max Higgins. No other spot in the state can claim that. Um, and you got a housing and condo shortage. I, I think I think that thing is, is played out. So back to uh, what needs to happen in the lineup as far as um, what are you – they seem to be coming of age – you got the young and a few veterans. Who do you want to see really get going tonight in in the batting lineup? Well, the first thing I would say is we need Lane Forsythe and Slate Offer to play well defensively on the left side. I mean that that that's been a, kind of a burr in the Bulldogs' battle much of the year. Uh, that you know that's you got to play clean defensively. But you know Slate's another guy too that I think could be a difference maker in the series. I, I think you know he's a guy. Did, didn't accomplish a lot on Tuesday, but he barreled some balls up. He nearly hit three home runs. I mean, and so that, that's a guy – you see what D.J. Jordan is doing right now. Hunter Hines had a tough night on Tuesday, but, you know, that, that kid seems to play so well at home. And uh, you, 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 need to get, you need to get some home runs hit. You need to be able to get those big moments and get the crowd into the ball game and let them kind of take over a game. We talk about the dude effect. You know, there's, there's something special that happens out there in that seventh inning when – when you get guys on base and all of a sudden the crowd just takes over a ball game and starts that maroon and white chat, it just there's just something special that happens out there. And so you need to make sure you've got some guys out there, number one, that can get the clutch hit, but also, two, put you in a situation where you just kind of play along and play along until the uh, the crowd takes over the game, pushes you on victory. But I think Slate Offord and Hunter Hines both made a big weekend for you. Yeah, no, that – that makes sense. All right, uh, switching gears to the spring scrimmage. These things are kind of weird and hit and miss, but you can get something out of it. What What would you like to see tomorrow from Arnett and the Hale State football team, other than nobody getting injured? Yeah, that's that's priority one, right? You know, is that, and also too, some of these younger guys that are going to be asked to be, you know, two deepers. You need to see those guys make some plays. You know, Woody Mark's not going to play a whole lot. Jaden Crumbody's not going to play. Um, yeah, there'll be a handful of guys that won't play, just kind of a precaution. You know, Bookie Watson's not going to play. And, you know, like Zach made the comment yesterday, you know, he's like, you know, what, what do you think Bookie Watson needs to do in the spring game? You know, right. I mean, you, you, you don't need him out there. But, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really interested to see this offensive line. You know, it's a, it's a big change in philosophy. It's a change in alignment. Uh, you know, it's a change, more of a commitment to the running game. They're going to be a lot more balanced, but they're still going to have some air raid concepts. But, you know, how do we handle these two back sets? And, you know, how do guys get out and move? And, and uh, there's a lot more shifting in motion. You've added the tight ends to the uh, the offensive alignment. So how does that personnel group perform? Uh, I, I don't I don't expect to learn a whole lot, but I think the main thing you want to do is see how these guys react to being in the stadium for the first time uh, since they played uh, a ball game last year. And uh, the scrimmages have all been on the practice fields, and they'll get a chance to go out there and play in front of the fans for a while. So it'll be interesting. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't expect to learn a lot. I just think the reality of it is, is you want to get through the game healthy and uh, and see some guys, some of these younger guys, maybe take the next step. What do you make of the new wrinkles with Tulu in the offense? Well, I, I love it because he's been underutilized. I mean, True. I think we would all agree there. I mean, it's like, you know, he's the guy that uh, should be getting jet sweeps and playing more in the slot. And that was one of the first questions I asked Chad Bumpus when we had him earlier this spring is, you know, fans have said, hey, this kid's being uh, kind of wasted as an outside receiver. Where do you see him? He goes, oh, he's a slot receiver all the way. And while Tulu is probably not as, as thick as Chad was, their skill sets are very similar. In fact, I think Tulu probably could beat Chad in the foot race. But, 
you've got some dynamic, dynamic, dynamic playmakers, but the reality of it is you've got some guys that have been in the wrong spots and probably uh, hadn't really played to their strengths, and I think that's what happens with Barbe. I, I, and I love his philosophy is, okay, when you ask him, what do you want to do offensively? He goes, well, who are my best 11 players? Well, you know, Tulu certainly is one of those 11. You've got to find a way to get him to football in a variety of ways, and I think they're going to do that. I think you're going to see Tulu probably a guy that you have eight, nine, ten touches of ball game kind of moving forward. How do you see Simeon Price ripped off three runs late in the bowl game against Illinois when they needed it? And look, there were also some other times late in the season where he made some things happen when Marks and Dylan Johnson got banged up, which you felt like was about every third play. Now, I know they kind of left him out to dry. Uh, with the with the short passes time and time again the last three years. So where where do you see how do you see Simeon Price fitting into Barbe's offense? Well, the first thing I'll tell you, State doesn't win the Reliquest Bowl without Simeon Price, especially late in that ball game. And uh, you mentioned Dylan Johnson wasn't there, and Woody Marks obviously had he had taken some some wear and tear, and, and uh, Simeon really showed some maturity kind of beyond his years last year and you know, nearly, nearly scored the, the game one touchdown there late. I mean, really, really put State in a situation where they could win that game. But, you know, I think that he is a guy that uh, is probably ready for the next half. You know, he, in high school, they moved him around a lot. He was listed as a wide receiver, but you know, they basically put him in a slot and they'd give him the football and they'd throw it to him in space and motion to the backfield. This is a guy that understands how to be multiple. And uh, even though the college level obviously is uh, much more demanding, I think he is a good fit for what Barbe wants to do offensively because he is he is a guy that can catch a football, but he's a guy that can make people miss in space, but also he can run through arm tackles. And so I think, honestly, I think Woody Marks is probably uh, the greatest beneficiary of the offensive style change, but I think Price is a guy, too, that's going to you know, kind of be a guy that people are going to be a lot more aware of. I think he'll be a household name within the state of Mississippi before the year is over, but you know, Woody's the guy, I think, this year that probably – takes the biggest jump, and then Simeon's the guy that I think kind of shows you that, hey, next year when Woody's going to the NFL, I can handle these responsibilities. Steve Robertson on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. What about so what about tight end? What They didn't play a tight end for three years. They go grab the Georgia transfer, and then they're working other guys out. What have you heard? What's the buzz, if any? around the tight end position. Who do you, bottom line, who do you expect to be the guy there? Well, I think Godet will be the guy once he gets up to speed. You know, that's transfer from Georgia. But I think Malik Ellis is awfully interesting there, too. You know, and and I think I, I think one of the things I like about it is the tight ends coach and the tackles coach is the same guy. You know, so the terminology will be the same. And so either he'll stay at tight end or he'll bulk up and slide in and play offensive tackle. But I think Malik Ellis is a very, very talented athlete that, wasn't going to play a lot this year on the offensive line. So, you know, you're, hey, we're getting something out of him now and uh, at a position of need. And you know, there's some guys that have been moved around, and, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. But, yeah, I think the staff's got to go out, obviously, and, and recruit a couple more guys, uh, you know, kind of rebuild that, that personnel group because, you know, Mike Leach just didn't have tight ends. But the formations will be a lot different this year. And I think that's the thing you look at, especially in, in relation to the running game is, when you have an attached tight end or perhaps you have an H-back type guy out there, uh, it's going to be an adjustment, obviously, for everybody involved. But uh, that's a group, again, where you've, you've got some guys that have not played the position. You've got some guys that move over from wide receiver. And uh, you've got some guys like Malik Ellis, of course, that um, 
probably need to add some girth to play their projected position. Uh, but uh, it'll be some, there'll be some growing pains. I mean, at this reality of it, there will be some growing pains for everybody involved. Okay, so you said go day. Is that how, is that how you said go day? I've had like three different people tell me that I was incorrect and they were correct, but they all get through, through different pronunciations. And so I, when I speak to them, I'll ask him directly. But, uh, <laughs> but either way, either way, you know, he's a guy with it uh, comes from a program with a championship pedigree and he wasn't able to get on the field there. So this could be a transfer portal success story I mean, because your recruiting pitch to him is, hey, you're TE1 because we don't have any tight ends, you know, and so uh, – so it works out good, but, uh, you know, listen, the, the thing that I always wonder about, too, no matter where you're coming from, I mean, if you couldn't play there, you know, why are we certain you can play here? You know, so he's got some things to prove. Obviously, he has the opportunity, but, right. you know, even in a place like Georgia, it's easy to get buried on the depth chart, but, uh, you know, you'd like to think, that, you know, that when you get guys that are from other programs, that they've got some SEC experience under their belt and played some big-time snaps, and that's just not always the case. So it's always a risk. You don't you don't fully understand what you have until they get here and get to working out. Well, I, it, it's trending the right way with Justin Robinson, right? So, uh, and you're right. There's there's going to be some misses too. Uh, don't you agree that Justin Robinson could have a monster year this year? Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's probably you know the focal point of your offense in many respects. It's because I mean, big bodied guys like him don't move as well as he does. I mean, he, he's a bit of an anomaly in really most respects. I mean, guys like him just don't have that same level of athleticism. And I thought down the stretch last year, there was probably not a more improved wide receiver on this team. And I think as much as you want to run the football, you've got to have a big guy out there on the perimeter that can block for you. And, and uh, I think he's the guy that's capable of doing basically everything that's asked of him in this offense. But uh, And I'm, I'm eager to see what Jordan Mosley does this year, too. He was a guy last year that flashed a little bit after he got here, got hurt a little bit, and, and did, maybe didn't play as much as people expected. But uh, – He's had a good spring. They continue to talk well about him, and he's an explosive guy. But, uh, you know, the, the guy who uh, who lit up Zach Arnett's eyes yesterday, and we were just kind of sitting there discussing, you know, kind of life and, uh, you know, love and the pursuit of happiness was Avion Thomas. You know, he, he says, you know, people are going to be really grateful that Zavion came back and not just as a return guy. They think that he's a guy that's ready to take the next step and be a real force in the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, they haven't had anything like Justin Robinson – Tulu and Xavion, all at the same time, all different stylistically, but but athletic and other teams in the SEC have. But uh, that's a good thing for Will Rogers, no doubt. Steve Robertson, Jeans Page, two four seven Sports, on the Out of Bounds Show, one zero five nine The Zone, ESPN. What do you think the two games? And you can't ever take anything for granted. I mean, A&M lost to Appalachian State last year, and, of course, Barbe was there. But um, Mississippi State warms up with southeast Louisiana and Arizona. You think that's enough time for the offense to transition into what you just described Barbe's going to do compared to Leach? Well, yeah, I think in some respects. But, yeah, I think you're going to be pretty vanilla on those first couple ball games anyway. You're going to run a lot of your base stuff. You'll have a couple wrinkles in there. But, you know, I don't think this Arizona team is going to be great. And uh, I remember last year, you know, of course, it's before John left to go to Auburn, and we talked about, you know, having to play that night game as late as we did. And John joked that maybe we'll play them at 10 a.m., you know, when uh, <laughs> when they come out here. You know? uh, 
Yeah, yeah, but South, you know, Southeastern. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, all due respect to the kids that go and play there. I know all, all of them are just looking for a dream too. But you know, you and I could probably call plays and just be able to out talent a team like that. But right. yeah, there'll be a step up in competition, obviously. But at least with Arizona, I mean, you're going to have some Power Five guys on that roster. I mean, and then that's a team too that uh, is expected to be a little bit better. We knew last year, even when State beat them, they weren't expected to be a bowl team. Uh, they're a team this year that might be, you know, a, a little bit improved, but uh, going on the road and, and playing in front of this crowd, and it looks like Mississippi State's on pace to set a school record for season tickets this year. And so, like, as we talked with baseball, I mean, you know, you got to get up and, and get on a plane and fly all the way across the country and then go play in front of, you know, 6,000 cowbells and people that want to see you fail. You know, that, that's a tough undertaking, even for a Power 5 program like sure. Arizona. Sure. Uh, do we have time here? Let's see. That, we'll wrap it up. All right, we'll we'll get into Mike Wright uh, next week with Steve. I, I see the text coming in, but we've got time considering uh, we've got between now and Labor Day weekend. Steve, thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Uh, I know Gene's page will be buzzing. We'll see what the Arnett tweet was all about. Steve already knows who the commitment is. He joined us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Bundle your car and home and save with your Farm Bureau Insurance agent. Um, in fact, there'll be, I'm, I'm confident there will be several dozen Farm Bureau insurance agents at Duty Noble Field today. So you can go ahead and you can save and watch the college baseball game powered by Farm Bureau Insurance. And I want to thank you for going to Apple Podcast and searching Out of Bounds with Bow Bounds. We've got Mike Dettelier, um on the Saints and how they got Reggie Bush. We've got Tom Luganville on Zach Arnett's offense and defense. We have Brad Henderson uh, on Ole Miss Baseball. Oh, man, what else? Uh, Steve Palazzolo on Jeffrey Simmons and A.J. Brown. That's all on Apple Podcast. Search Out of Bounds with Bo Bounds. So as you're making the road trip today or you're just getting ready for the weekend and you're going to watch the games on TV, hit Apple Podcast. Search Out of Bounds with Bo Bounds. We're on Spotify, too. And uh, hit us up on YouTube. Search Out of Bounds Sports, powered by MSSmartHomes.com and uh, the Sono System. They'll make your entertainment system, game day, movies, music, pop. The Out of Bounds Show is powered by MSSmartHomes.com and Jake Manning. Also want to give a shout-out to the Armory. Spring clearance sale today and tomorrow. And save on select firearms, optics, ammo, and suppressors. The Armory, Lake Harbor, in Ridgeland, in front of Kroger. Mudbugs is open here in a few hours. Now, that's a good that's a good call. Grab a couple of sacks of crawfish and enjoy baseball and all the other things going on this weekend. I think, you know, the rain seems to be out. It may float back in a little bit tomorrow, but it looks better right now. I'm in Starkville. This place was packed last night. Commodore Bob's was damn good. Um, Luva... The new wine bars, really, really cool factor. How are we looking today? Yep, we don't have any rain, so that's good. Don't forget to hit two brothers for lunch. Street tacos, amazing sandwiches, one of the best atmospheres in the state of Mississippi, and, of course, the famous wings all at two brothers. Hour number three coming up. Are you going to this weekend? Let us know via the text line. Back in a second. 